When everybody else seems to have money and you don't, it's difficult. When everybody else has someone and you don't. And while I agree and I admit it is difficult to, 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 to engage fully in all that joy around the season, I will tell you this, that God's presence confounds all circumstances. And if you are looking for him and for what his presence, instead of all the trappings we get from the women's channel, then I actually believe you'll find him. There's a story in my family that has always moved me. I remember weeping as a child listening to the story. And when I've gone through Christmases and I go through Christmases and there are big parts of my life that don't make sense and things that hurt and, and they make it hard to party and they make it hard to celebrate. And I always go back to this story. It's a true story. My, my father, my grandfather... Um, and, and their, their family, they had two wagons packed all the time. This is in the middle of World War II. They lived in, uh, in, in, in Poland, right on the border, the German-Polish border. And the Russian front was moving in their direction, and somehow they knew all of these things, and so they were packed. And they were packed from the time the fall began until this time of year, close to Christmas, when... Someone started shouting, leave, leave, leave. And the whole town, there was, as my dad said, as far as you could see, you've seen refugees escaping and things like that on television. My dad said, it looks, it's terrifying. He said, that, you know, from a, a satellite is terrifying. You get up close and you realize that most of the people fleeing are women who can only carry their kids. And my, my, my grandfather's a farmer, so he got to stay and they... They, they got on this road and they rode. My dad said, we went two weeks. He said, I do not remember sleeping, but we went for two weeks in the middle of the winter. And he said, and there would be wagons pushed over in the ditch because wheels broke and things. And there was possessions strewn all on the sides of the road. And he said, we were just operating on pure adrenaline. And they... Nobody in front of them after several weeks, after about a week, and nobody behind them. They were all alone. And they came to a fork in the road, and clearly all the wagons, everybody had gone straight. And my grandfather was in the wagon in the front, and my father was in the wagon in the back. And, and then there's a little boy sitting on a stump. And he said to my grandfather, Sir, don't go that way. This is the way you want to go. And my father, grandfather turned to my dad and said, Thank, thank the boy. They thanked the boy, and they went down this road, and it was several days, I think four days before they got to another town, and they said, where are we? And the people said, where did you come from? And they, we told them where they came from. They said, that's impossible. The Russians came in, and, and everything, they, they had basically come in and created Eastern Germany at that time, and nobody got through, and yet my parents got through. My dad said something so interesting. My dad's 86 years old and he tells the story and he weeps every time. He said, that Christmas, that moment, that boy, whether it was an angel or a boy, we don't know, but that boy on that stump in the middle of the night 
let us know that God was still with us. And I say to you that there are moments this season when you will know that God is with you. And it will be small moments. It can be a moment. It could be a a song. It could be a word spoken to you. Don't miss those moments. Because God's presence confounds your circumstances, whether you're escaping from the Russian army or you're wondering what you're going to do for a living in the new year. So my talk is really pretty simple today. Not of the world is the theme, is the the overall title. God came from his world to do three things, to be with us, to be in us, and to be through us, okay? Really simple. He's not in this world, but he is definitely for this world. We... um, I've had the privilege of being a youth pastor for a long time, and it's my birthday tomorrow, so if you want to get me something, um, <laughs> you can email me at edweiss at shaw.ca and, and just let, ask me what I want. Um, so I'm 57 tomorrow, and, um, and uh, thank you. And so f- I don't know how long it's been since I was 22, I've been a youth pastor. And when you're a youth pastor for this long, you get to, to speak at a lot of camps, a lot, a lot of high school camps. I'm literally, I'm pretty sure it's in the hundreds. That's how many I've spoken at. And uh, high school camps are actually life-changing events because uh, a high schooler comes from their world where they figured out, they know how to manipulate mom and dad, they know how to fight with their siblings, and they come to this place where there's hundreds of other high schoolers, and then and, 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 and very quickly get pulled into the spirit of whatever that camp is. And the first couple of hours are all about these frenzied icebreakers and these forced interactions. And you get the kids in, and, you, and I heard a story just this week a guy by the name of a, a junior counselor, Kevin Randall. He was, he, this is his first time being a junior counselor at camp, and he's looking around and the activity and the kids and the noise. And he saw a boy standing under a tree. And he went over to the boy under the tree, and he said, uh, why don't you and I go in there and we'll really mix it up. Well, come on, you'll, we'll be a team. And the boy was thin and tiny and shy, and he said, no, I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. I'll, I'll just, I'm okay here. Later that evening when they're singing, and you know how much fun the song times can be at camp, and they sing silly songs and have a lot of actions and stuff, and there he noticed uh, Tom was in the back. He, a couple rows behind most people and just staring at the window, and so Kevin went over and sat with them just to accompany him. And for the next Two and a half days, he tried everything he could to get, Kevin, to get Tom to, to come and be part of the camp. And he said, I just was failing miserably, thinking that I'm never doing this again. And then on the fourth day of camp, he, 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 he walked by an activity, and it was this breakdance thing that was going on. And he could not believe his eyes. There is Tom, Tom Johnson, on the stage, breakdancing, and the crowd is going crazy. Because he can actually break dance. And from that moment on, he watched Tom fully engage in the, in the people, fully engage in the crowd. About this time of the year, 
Kevin Randall got a phone call. And the lady said, do you know, do you know Tom Johnson? And Randall said, I love Tom Johnson. How is he? She said, he's my son. He was walking home from school this week, and he got hit by a car, and he got killed. And she said, the reason I'm calling you, Kevin, is because from the time my son got home from camp, he could not stop talking about you. And for the first time in my life, she said, I saw confidence in my son. He never made friends, but within the first month of school, he had already made two or three friends. And you're not going to believe this, but in October, he went on a couple of dates. I've never seen my son so happy. And she said, because of you, the last months of his life were the best months of his life. Part of the Christmas invitation is for you to wrap up Jesus in your beauty and in your kindness and in your love and in your inclusion and give it to the world. See, you are what make Christmas Christmas. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God must really like you. He must be incredibly fond of you. To leave omniscience, which is, means all-knowingness, to leave omnipresence and to, 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 to leave omnipotence, all power, to leave all of that and to walk around in your nerdy clothes and to talk like you talk and eat what you eat just so that he could get up close so that he could let you know that he was with you. He came into our world so that someday we could join him in his world. And he shall be called Emmanuel. God wants you to know that his presence confounds even your normalness. He's with you today if you're sick in your body. He's with you. He's with you today if your finances are really upside down. He is with you today in your dysfunction. And we're all dysfunctional. Just some of you are more dysfunctional than I am. <laughs> He's with you. He's with you in your fears. God with you. You see, this is written in present tense. God with you. Which means that God is present so you don't have to be so tense. You can relax. You can relax because this is not just a person anymore. This is, this is an... Om he, he has once again become an omniscient, omnipresent omnipotent God and he is with you and he is above you and he's below you and he's behind you and he is in front of you he is with you and he's not here passively but he's actively present in your life and that is really important to know because for so many of us in this room this is indeed the most difficult time of the year period 
because you're missing somebody today that was here last year. You are missing someone that's no longer here. The sight of an occupied crib reminds you of a vacant one and it rips you apart. The sight of a united family sitting around the table looking at a perfect bird reminds you of your separated family. And for some of you, the aloneness is suffocating. And to you, God gave Emmanuel. And to me, he gave Emmanuel. I read this great, this, this great story about a father and son were in the forest and they're just doing a father-son hike. And um, along the hike, they came across this, this, this log that was impeding their, their, their way. And, and the son says to the dad, Dad, you think I could lift this log And the father says, yes, I know you can lift it if you use all of your strength. And so the son gets on his arms around the log and he's lifting, he's lifting, he's pushing, he's pushing. And no matter what he's doing, the log isn't moving. And then he looks at his father just like a teenager would and says, you told me I could lift it. It's your fault. To which the father said, I told you you could lift it if you used all of your strength. And you have not done that because you have not asked me to help you. And the son said, would you help me? And the two of them easily moved the log. So your strength to get through this season, your strength to get through this moment in your life, through this difficult event, isn't held by you alone. It's by your reaching out First and foremost, to the God who invites you to call him Emmanuel. To reaching out to the people that have done the chosen and to do this journey beside you. To reach out to them. What made you think you were supposed to do it alone anyway? When you feel inadequate to the task in front of you, maybe it's because you're just not using all of your strength. Because all of your strength includes a beautiful group of people that are around you. Met somebody today, a friend of mine. Don't even know why, but this, this, this was going on in my heart. And I just dumped on this person some of the crap in my life. Some of the pain in my life. And I just, and I felt bad doing that. This phrase, you, you didn't use all of your strength because you didn't ask me to help you. So ask for help. If you are looking forward to January or December the 26th more than you are the 25th today, you're not alone. I just got one word for you. The word is Emmanuel. The word is Emmanuel. He said he'd never leave you, never forsake you. He's not going anywhere. You just got to ask for help. See, no theologian, think about this, no theologian, no rabbi, no philosopher could actually open their brain big enough to consider that God would become flesh and dwell among us. 
the artist became a drop of paint on his own canvas. That's outrageous. The potter became a clump of clay on his own wheel. God traded heaven for a womb. It is so small. And he became a fetus. Could you imagine what that journey was like? It's like you becoming a gopher. <laughs> Stay in here. It's safe. The other gophers will teach you how to gopher. <laughs> I can't breathe. There's no room to move. It's okay. We can't either. It's good down here. <laughs> he who was never bound by time limited himself to time. We can't, we don't, we can't understand what, it, what omnipresence means. He who actually could be everywhere at once or anywhere he wanted to be at any time limited himself to two legs and as far as they would carry him before they got tired. He who never had to sleep put himself in a body that got weary and tired. He who was never hungry, experienced everything that we experienced so that he could get up close and show us that God is with us and we're not alone. And God made that journey so that he could be in you and he could be through you. Seeing how we have a big herd up here. I'm going to invite the choir to make their way up as I make my last points. I want to, to read this portion of scripture for you. It's uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 16. It's really, you, you know this, but I, I have a really good point to make. In uh, chapter 16, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin who's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who's a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy One will be born. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I know that you've read this passage many times. I know that you, you, you know this passage. But I wanted you to see something. Can you see what a perfect prophetic picture this is of what God intended for the entire human race? What he was taking Mary through in this and, 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 and as God came, became flesh, he was going to take, he, he was offering to every person who would live after this. He gives you the same invitation that he gives Mary. 
He declares to us first, you are highly favored. And the Lord is with you. Boy, if you, you know what? If you could just get that in your head, if you could get that in your heart, if you could actually know that you would walk around less timid, you would, we wouldn't hedge your bets so much. You're highly favored. And the Lord's with you. And then he's conceived in us. It's absolutely profoundly simple. Then you go, all right, Jesus, I actually believe you did this. And when you reach out to him in faith, just by saying, I don't know everything. I don't want to buy a church. I'm not signing up for a cult. I'm not signing up for everything. But I actually believe this makes sense. In that moment, God comes into you with his Holy Spirit. He's conceived in you. And this is the cool thing. When God comes in you, no matter how frail and weak and undefined your faith is, he promised us this. He said, he who began a good work, he'll complete it. And so babies grow. And they grow and they grow. And he grows in you until, I don't know this by experience, but I'm told at some point in time during the pregnancy, um, mom doesn't even have a vote in whether this baby's coming out. This baby's coming out. And so is it with you and me that the presence and the spirit of Christ it dwells in us and grows and grows and grows. And it cannot remain in us. It starts leaking out. And kindness comes out of us that we didn't plan on. And love happens that, we, that is inconvenient but makes perfect sense to us. And peace that, that, that we exude when we should be freaking out, but we don't know, but it is coming out of us. And so God, his presence moves to us. It is within us so that it can come through us as we give Christ to the world. When you give Christ your, your faith and your heart, he gives you his spirit. And the plan is for God's spirit to live so richly inside of you that you become a modern-day Mary. And wherever you live is a modern-day Bethlehem. And you deliver Christ to the world. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I'm going to pray for you. First, I'm going to pray for those of you who are in pain today. And pain has so many faces. And then I'm going to pray for those of you in this place who have never actually intentionally reached up your faith and said, I believe in you, Jesus. I don't know what all that means, but I do believe in you. And I'd like you to come in and, and start to grow inside of me. Father, we come to you this morning. It's really a beautiful, beautiful morning. And we ask you to confound our circumstances with your presence. We ask you, Jesus, to, to, to come into those, especially those who are hurting, especially those who, who've walked into this place and, and they wonder how everybody else can be so happy because their hearts are so heavy. 
You said that when joy would break into the, into the world, that you'd give us praise for heaviness. And that you would take our, our addictions and our bondage and you would give us freedom. And I pray, Father, that you would come with the message of that good news for us today. The news that we are not alone. We are not alone. And so I pray that, Father, that you would just fill us with your presence today. In Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that you would give us the wisdom to know how to give you to the world that we live in. So that was got a lot of religious accent, Father, but that we would give you in, 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 in beautifully with purity to the world. We invite you to grow in us until, until, we, until we cannot help but admit you. And Father, I want to pray because I do think there are people walked in here today and they have been wrestling with this idea that you exist and they've been feeling you drawing them I pray, Jesus, that uh, your presence would be so beautiful today as you invite people to reach to you in faith and be intentional by saying, Jesus, I'm, I actually do believe in you. And if you want to come in and start renovating my heart, then, then you do that. And if that's you, you can just kind of in your heart say amen. Just say amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.